This is an RNZ podcast. The bosses of our state-owned broadcasters, TVNZ and RNZ, fronted up for their annual review in Parliament this week before the Social Services and Community Select Committee. But this time, they couldn't do it in person. Thanks to COVID restrictions, they beamed in instead from their own offices via Zoom, with video and audio links of varying quality, making it a bit of a flat encounter, and quite a contrast to last year when the COVID crisis was yet to become acute here and the execs were eyeball to eyeball in the same room with the MPs on the committee. Now at that time the MPs were pretty fired up and armed with some searching questions and the timing was tricky for both of the broadcasters. The RNZ concert crisis was still a live and unresolved controversy and RNZ's bosses had to defend their plan to dump concert from FM to free it up for a bold new service to attract a new and younger audience. RNZ's chief executive Paul Thompson faced questions like this from MP Deborah Russell about whether RNZ had actually asked for another FM frequency or not from the Ministry for Culture and Heritage. Did you explicitly ask for a frequency for the youth radio? We, what I did is I talked I've about... I've heard that. I've yeah. asked a very direct question. Did you explicitly ask for a frequency? No, but okay, what I did thank you. I, That's what I needed to yeah. know. And how and why RNZ got the message from the ministry that a spare FM radio frequency would be too hard to get was unclear, even after the ministry's own annual review. Now, the final report from the committee last year made it clear that the new youth service and the future of RNZ concert were still to be settled in the year ahead. And they also said they feared that the issue might damage trust in RNZ in the future. And in addition to all that, at the time of the annual review in Parliament last year, the Minister of Broadcasting had just confirmed that both RNZ and TVNZ were themselves under review because the government proposed to replace both of them with a single new public media entity. A business case would have to be done to set out the details and the committee's report from last year also identified that as the pressing issue for the rest of 2020 into 2021. Well, 12 months later, the committee has many new faces, including some brand new MPs, and last Wednesday they asked surprisingly little about those big issues. In fact, it was a much more recent policy announcement from the Broadcasting Minister that was on the minds of the opposition MPs on the committee. $55 million more for at-risk public interest journalism available across all news media over the next three years. Nationals Broadcasting spokesperson Melissa Lee asked RNZ's chair and chief executive if this money would make them go soft on the government. Would RNZ be prepared to challenge, critique and even call for the resignation of the government or ministers at the risk of losing access to the Public Interest Journalism Fund? RNZ's chair Jim Mather said that RNZ's not usually in the business of calling for the government to resign, so this was all a bit hypothetical. While chief editor Paul Thompson said new funding would not influence the handling of any political stories. He insisted that would breach RNZ's editorial principles and its responsibilities and statutory obligations. But Melissa Lee then put a similar scenario to TVNZ's chief executive Kevin Kenrick later on on Wednesday in three parts. And eventually, Kevin Kenrick answered like this. So the question was, if a minister or the prime minister threatened to actually pull your public interest journalism funding, would you run the story, is the question. 100%. The amount of funding we get is around a drinks. <laughs> Thanks for that question. Well, TVNZ is a commercially funded operation, but it gets tens of millions in public funding each year via New Zealand On Air for its local programmes. So that would be a pretty big round of drinks. By contrast, the dividends the company pays the Crown each year would pay for no drinks at all. 
For the past two years, TVNZ hasn't been required to make the contributions that were previously expected of it every year, but no one on the committee asked about that. RNZ's Paul Thompson was then asked this question by one of the most senior MPs on the committee, Nationals Louise Upston. Just on that question in terms of balance, how will you ensure the views that might not be popular um, or politically correct are still provided to the public who are entitled to a view? Um, And would you sack someone who dared to have a view that wasn't politically correct? Paul Thompson replied that political views of RNZ staff shouldn't come into it, RNZ's people are required to be impartial and independent, and he said there were mechanisms in place to ensure that coverage is balanced, fair and impartial. Louise Upston replied, I think some would challenge that. And one of those might be her colleague MP for Tamaki, Simon O'Connor. Two weeks earlier, he said this to the Chief Executive of the Ministry for Culture and Heritage, Bernadette Kavanagh, during the Ministry's annual review in Parliament. Uh, there, there's the old adage, Bernadette, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Um, so, yeah, laying my cards on the table, I'm uncomfortable that the Crown is funding a fourth estate and wanting some surety, as I'm sure those in the public, that the arm's length is going to be continued. What's going to allow the media to actively and rightly critique government and opposition, uh, despite the fact that they're getting millions and millions of dollars from the taxpayer? The suspicion that more cash for journalism from the government via New Zealand On Air might compromise the media in holding it to account runs deep in the opposition right now, it seems. At times, the questions from Nationals Melissa Lee were extremely specific during last Wednesday's annual review. For example, this one for TVNZ's Kevin Kenrick. What was the reason for... $36,542.99 being spent on a line producer for Tikarere in international travel in comparison to only $16,144.91 for a news reporter. But the annual review cast little light on what the future might hold on those big issues for RNZ and TVNZ, the new public media entity and RNZ's music plans. And that's in spite of the fact that the minister himself appeared before them after TVNZ's session on Wednesday. Now this past year has of course seen COVID sideline progress on those big issues the committee highlighted last year and Chris Farfoy revealed that the consultants and public servants working on the business case for a new public media entity were only about two-fifths of their way through the work at the moment. So other than that, it's a case of wait and see, something TVNZ's Kevin Kenrick was effectively telling the committee on Wednesday when they did ask how he was planning for it. My understanding is that the intention is to have a new public media entity that has dual funding, both commercial and public funding. Um, you know, I guess the examples of that internationally would be something like RTE in Ireland. And, and I think if that was the approach, then there's the opportunity to deliver to both the viewer and to New Zealand businesses from an advertising point of view. But, but as I said before, I mean, that definition and that detail is yet to be worked through through the business case.